dude. <laughs> like, damn, we're finally here. All right. So the podcast, the podcast is finally a thing now. Um, I know this was this was something. Um, me and Jaytsu, I was talking to Jaytsu about doing this since like December, and I've been wanting to do a podcast for like a year, honestly. So I'm I am very happy to be doing this and to be starting this. Um, so yeah, I mean. Welcome to the first episode of the podcast. I just hit record. We're just going to go at it. Um, so in in typical college fashion, um, let's just go around and introduce ourselves for anyone who uh, might be new to us. Um, let's start with you, Jaitsu. All right. Hey, what's good? What's popping, everyone? It's your boy, Jaitsu, your favorite voice actor and VTuber enjoyer, which is uh, funny. Maybe we can go into that story later. But VTuber enjoying actually yeah. happens to be why i met ember back in the day but we'll yeah that story for later yeah uh, i am an fgc commentator i like to do a little bit of voice acting on the side as well i primarily uh started commentary with guilty gear strive but now i'm trying to get into uh street fighter 6 and a little bit of idol showdown as well so hopefully i get to see you guys on the mic sometime whether you guys are in the audience in the chat or if i even get the privilege of commentating your games yeah and um honored ogre oh, hello my name is honored ogre I am a t chip player in Guilty Gear Strive and Blanca player in Street Fighter VI. I stream almost every day on Twitch, and uh, I am known in the Guilty Gear Strive community, not mainly for my chip gameplay, but for my retweets on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, listen, listen, you're doing, you're doing a community service. You're doing a community service. Like, honestly, you're, you're, you know, some people... You know, some people in the FGC, they, they do their community service through commentary or like through, you know, hosting tournaments or whatever. But you know, you, you got you got your retweets, you know, that's that's your yeah. community service, you know, and, and you know what? You know what? I'm there for it. I'm there for it. Yeah. But um, that's me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and also also another thing I wanted wanted to chime in on. You said you're a Blanca player. You said you were trying out Luke. I am trying out Luke. He he's really cool, but yeah? it's taking a lot of getting used to. Yeah, it's taking it's taking a bit of getting used to, you think? Is it just yeah. is it just the timing of like the perfects or Uh I, I think I should do perfect knuckles pretty easily. It's uh just I don't have Blanca ball. <laughs> nah, yeah. Skipping yeah, neutral skipping mechanic I got so basically. Used to neutral with Blanca ball. I mean, honestly, if you do, no, if you do that. like the uh, the heavy flash knuckle, it's it's kind of neutral skippy, and it's safe yeah, if you if you per and it's safe too. But um, but anyways, going going to myself. Uh, my name is uh, Ember, um, also known as Ember Talks. I uh, am a commentator. Um, I've Run, I host events. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a TO. I'm not doing all the stuff behind the scenes that a lot of the goats are. Um, and I also am a content creator on YouTube. Um, so I, I do a bit of that. Um, thinking, thinking about hopping back into, into the streaming thing. You know, I got, knock on what I got, I got a big event planned, uh, on the 30th, um, with, uh, another, another Embers Charity Clash. Um, and this time, you know, we got M.Rage involved and, you know, all sorts, all sorts of big stuff. It's going to be a banger. So I'm, I'm pretty excited for that one. Um. So yeah, I mean that's 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 basically all of us here. Um so uh yeah. Um so yeah, I know I know Jaitsu, you mentioned kind of like how you and I met through like VTubing and stuff. 
So how how did you find out about me? Because you kind of just like popped out of nowhere. It, okay, so it's very funny. I think um, had I started commentating at this point, I think I was. So I think um, for whatever reason, I was just like going down like Star GG. I was trying to find like Strive brackets. I was like, oh, you know, um, I got to find places to commentate because I think my main like quote unquote local that I started out commentating was uh, Strive Showdown. If you guys happen to know. Uh, about a little bracket like that with the pink little icon on Discord. Um, but I was like, okay, I should probably branch out, like find out a bunch of different communities and just like ask uh, if they're looking for commentators. So I think in the middle of that grind, like I was just looking for a bunch of brackets because I also wanted to play too. So I was yeah. like, oh, worst case scenario, they're like, oh no, it's all good. We're, we're good off commentators, but like you can still play. And I'll be like, okay, sure. So I happened to run into a uh, VTuber debut Guilty Gear Strive tournament. And I was like, hmm... This seems pretty fun. I mean, like, you know, I'm I'm a bit of a VTuber enjoyer myself, you know, a little low-key about it. It's not low-key. It's not low-key. It's not low-key at all. Not, not at all. It's, not it's at become all. more and more shameless. Um, but yeah, I pulled up because I was like, oh, okay, like, I'll ask them if they want a uh, commentator for it. But worst case, I'll just play. Um, and I think the day came around or like a couple days before I was like, oh, I think I hit up either Coblin or you, Ember. I forget who I like reached out to first. Um, but I was like, oh, do you need a commentator? I was like, um, we could use like a TO maybe. I was like, uh, I think I'm just going to play. That's okay. <laughs> and then Gg does what it does. And then the day actually comes. And uh, it's it's a pretty difficult site to navigate, especially when the bracket is actually running. Especially if you don't have a lot of uh, experience with it. Mm -hmm. So I like... end up like mid-tournament being like, all right, fuck it. Just, just give me admin. And I will literally just like fix and report the scores because people were like, oh, I, I got DQ'd. You know, it's fine. I'll just I just won't play it. But it was like winners round one. I was like, dude, no, I think you can just play and then they can they can record the scores later. But you were hosting the stream and then Coblin was on commentary. So it was just like a lot to handle at once. I was like, all right, well, you it know, was... I got some downtime after my game. If you actually want, just toss me on admin and I will like fix scores for you. You're like, OK, sure. Yeah, it was it was crazy because it was like, I don't know, it's like I basically planned it out with like no prior planning because like I just kind of thought like, oh, how hard would it be to actually run a tournament by yourself? Like, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't really need to. And it was also like that debut tournament was really small. It was like 15 people. And it was like eight of them were just like some of my IRL friends who just signed up to like pad up the numbers. So I was like, I was like, I, I'm like, this is this this will be easy, right? And then it's like it goes to start, and and everyone's just like, because I figured it it ran itself. I was like, oh, it probably just runs itself. And everyone's just like, how? Why is the bracket not starting? Why is it randomly? People were getting randomly DQ'd, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on, man? And then like. <laughs> And then, like, I was doing that while Coblin was basically carrying the commentary. And then, like, mid-bracket, Jaytsu comes in and he's like, listen, listen, this, this needs, I need to fix this shit. <laughs> and not only, yeah, Jaytsu, did you make it right, up. Mm -hmm. you fucking won that tournament. You were first in that tournament. I, I forgot about that part. It, it was a small tournament, to be fair. Basically a local, yeah. but yeah, that, and, is, that was also part of the story. And 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 the tournament I ran after that was my first charity bracket that saw like yeah. everyone in guilt every pro player in guilty strive ever. 
yeah, and it was yeah, that was an overnight kind of thing that just blew up that was crazy yeah. and you want to tell them the story of what happened yeah so i mean I, I i don't know like so i uh i remember i like i set up because because it was like it was i so i originally wanted to have it on august because i like to do like charity like events on my birthday because like I, I don't i don't like i don't i don't really need much stuff i'm pretty i'm pretty happy with what i have so I'm like, oh, I'd rather, like, do, like, a charity thing on my birthday to celebrate it. Because I still want to celebrate my birthday. So it's like, all right, I'll do, like, a charity thing. And I thought, like, oh, like, what if I do, like, I look on Matrino. I'm like, huh, Matrino has this feature where you can, like, run a charity tournament and, ha and have, like, a portion of it go towards, um, go towards, like, the, the charity. So I'm like, huh, I'm like, let me, let me try that. Let's do, like, a charity tournament. And this was, like, this was, like, right after Bridget came out, too. Because I, well, I delayed, I delayed marketing it because I guess, like, I was busy with work, whatever. I don't really remember. But I remember I ended up doing it, like, early to mid-September. And it was right after Bridget came out. And, like, everyone's like, Bridget hype, Bridget hype, Bridget hype. And um, before that, one of my Bridget memes blew up. And it was, like, um, it had, like, 10,000-plus people, like, liking it and retweeting it. Literally for an entire week my my notifs were just like and i'm like okay i'm like i gotta like mute this shit bro and then like um so that was like the initial interest and then like when i posted the tournament i actually repurposed that meme graphic to have the tournament details on there and i and i posted oh, yeah, I it and i yeah and i and i posted it on the reddit on the subreddit and um someone someone who was extraordinarily generous picked up on it and and put um at, at total at the end of the night um nine thousand six hundred dollars i i uh i remember i recall and of course it was split 50 50 between a charity and that so the price pool was like five thousand some and then there was like a couple other like people who threw in like generous amounts there's like a 500 here a 300 there a 200 there and I think like the prize pool totaled like five thousand six hundred at the end of the night, which I believe actually beat ECT's Guilty Gear Strive prize pool that was happening that same weekend. <laughs> which is mad funny. So, yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, oh, I'm like, huh, I'm just kind of here. <laughs> and I remember, I remember, like, there was a whole. I mean, if it's one thing I can say is the the community is so helpful. Cause like I remember, yeah. Backpack reached out to me, and he's like, "You okay over there?" <laughs> and he helped us like set up all that stuff. Um, so that was that was that was uh that was a funny moment, but uh, but no, that that shit was crazy. Um, and and that more or less kind of evolved to what we you know the monthlies, and now kind of what I'm doing here with with Newhead. And it's funny because I, I noticed like a lot of the people that worked on uh on on the embers monthlies kind of ended up under new head now. <laughs> it's true. Uh, a yeah. lot of that team did end up heading over to the new head spam, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all we all here now. It's pretty great. Um, but anyways, um, so I mean, another thing we got we got to talk about we got to talk about Street Fighter Six. We are two weeks, we no, no, not two weeks, we're like three weeks into Street Fighter 6, like roughly like three, three and a half weeks into Street Fighter 6. What are your impressions of it? Uh, I absolutely have been loving the game recently. I, let's see, I put 76 hours in the last two weeks, it says. 
Let's oh, go. yo, seventy-six. I got, I got, yeah, I got twenty-eight. Okay. I'm slacking. Yeah, Wait, I play. also have like literally exactly twenty-eight. Ember, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta stop copying me, Duster. Yeah. Listen, listen, Jitsu. I, I, I gotta copy the goat. What can I say? Understandable, understandable. But, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I'm... I mean, I've been absolutely loving it. I've uh, mm. gotten to Masters with Blanco already. Uh, like I said earlier, I'm trying out Luke, see what I can do with him. Uh, it's it's awesome. It's a nice change of pace from Strive, but Strive is still my favorite. Mm. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's I like think it's all around a great game. Yeah, it's it's definitely a pretty good game. Um, Jetsu, what are your thoughts? Dude, this game is so sick. So like, as a like very much intermediate or like low intermediate fighting game player most of the times like i just care about do i want to commentate this game does it look cool and do i like have fun playing and like watching it and it hits all those boxes for me and like number four you know which is kind of like in the background but it is also a big factor like what is the quality of life like for this game and mm -hmm. I think leading up to like the release of street fighter 6 you know obviously they started off strong they were like all right street fighter 6 we got rollback and that already brought in like so many people they were like okay cool as mm -hmm. long as it's better rollback than street fighter 5 which is a pretty low bar we're big chilling right it, it should be all good i'm sure they're taking uh notes from you know the more popular fighting games out here hopefully it's a good rollback implementation the beta's finally dropped and everyone was like dude we get into matches so fast like if you want to take a break you're welcome to but otherwise you can hit start and a and you're in there like so fast yeah. um you know just being able to like run sets and like obviously be able to uh get matches with a bunch of people which you know it seems like there is an issue with matchmaking at the current moment where it optimizes for the best connections which ends up kind of giving you the same like five or six people but the devs in particular have been like super receptive about uh trying to fix stuff and being actively uh addressing issues at all times and like communicating it so i feel like i saw a lot of support for the game i had a lot of hope for like quality of life stuff and like servers etc cetera, etc cetera. so i was like okay cool you know what if only because I like it in principle, let me try the game out. And then I played Kim. I was like, all right, I'm hooked. This shit is too cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what would you say what would you say is your your go-to character in SF6 so far? Right now it's Kim. I'm considering Jury. Um she's cool. She's definitely a very strong character. She's got a lot of good tools. Um, but I'm enjoying Kim for right now. So I think maybe I'll I'll continue learning the game and then I'll try out some other characters. Yeah, for me, for me, it's Ken. I fucking love Ken. At first, I thought you said Ken, and I realized you said Kim. But oh, and I was like, I was quite, like, yo, we can't be. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a Ken lover. I mean, surprise, surprise, someone who's like a soul and sim player from Strive moving to Ken, right? You know, <laughs> one, one, uh, one gorilla character to another. Um, but thought, yeah. Well, it was well. I well, I'm fifty fifty between him and Luke because I I have been playing a good a fair bit of Luke as well. Um. It's like it's like it's I'm I'm kind of having a character crisis with it because it's like Luke, ha I really like Luke's timing with like the perfects and the flash knuckle. Mm -hmm. Um, flash knuckle feels really good. You know, I like his charge attack. You know, with the super armor. You know, that feels really sweet. And of course, he has fucking sidewinder, which I mean, there's not much aerial action going on in Street Fighter Six, but yeah. you know, it's yeah. uh, it's still cool that it's there, I guess. You know, and um, mm -hmm. and it's just. I, I don't know. He and he also has like a lot of like fun, like not necessarily fun, but like easy to pull off target combos. That I don't have to think too hard on. Um, whereas with like right. Ken, 
you know, I, I feel like I have to think a little more with him. I have to, like, be a little more careful with Ken, I feel like. Because it's, like, it's so easy to kind of go into, like, a flowchart Ken mode. Or, like, right. be way too hard on the aggression with him. And so, like, I'm I'm kind of, like, flip-flopping. I'm like, um, like, who, who, who would I, who would I do better with? And it's also, it's like, because I, because I have just as much fun with either. It's not a question of, like, how fun as much as it's how much, how, how much could I develop as a, as a player, you know, with, 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 like, could I develop better with one character over another? Because that's, that's, kind of, that was kind of my thing with Strive for a while. Is I, I, I felt really stagnant with Soul. And then it's like, I switched to Sin. And he just fit everything a lot better for me, and I got substantially better at the game because of it. Like I'm, I'm top right. three hundred sin now, which is like, whoa! Like it's not, it's not a huge accomplishment, <laughs> but I'm, I'm, I, I feel pretty good about it. Right. Yeah. But um, but I would say my impressions of Street Fighter Six so far. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I, I, I love the game. I love, I fucking love the game. I, if I could put more time into it, I, I would like honestly. Um, I, there's just so many things I love about the game. Like, I feel like really Street Fighter 6 is kind of leading the charge for like the next, you know, golden age of the FGC. You know, a lot of people kind of said it's kind of here already. You know, I'm not, you know, you know what I mean? But I feel like Street Fighter 6 really is nailing it in. Um, cause you got, um, you know, you got a really solid, for the first time you got a fighting game that feels very complete at launch. And it has a full single player world tour story mode. Um, you have like these cool EX battles, these avatar battles. You can like make a fucking me fighter. Like it's something I really I think has been missed from fighting games for like probably the past decade and a half is like kind of a what's it called? Like kind of a lack of like an arcade, like a lack of acknowledgement of the arcade roots of it. You know, because I feel like that that piece is very casual, you know, and having that casual appeal, I think, is like super important. I mean, I mean, what do y'all think? Uh, I think that it is very important. That's actually something I forgot to say when I was talking about it is it's amazing of how much like it's great for competitive players and it's fantastic for casual players as well because of how much single player content there is in World Tour. And like you said, the EX battles and stuff freaking you're just like you're fighting someone and then a bull runs across the screen out of nowhere. Yeah, it's it's so cool. It's so cool. We got we got to make a tournament of that sometime. <laughs> and it's just and it's it's very good that it's aimed towards both types of players because I consider myself a competitive player. I haven't really played World Tour that much, but I know people that have already put like over 100 hours into World Tour because they're absolutely loving it. I've definitely put more hours into World Tour than than ranked or training <laughs> like i've definitely put way more like it's just so much fun because the thing is it's like what makes it even better is that it's not even like a typical like ass story mode right it's 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 like a, it's like yakuza at, at, but like fighting game it's like a yakuza rpg but like fighting games and that's like that 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 was honestly like the most unexpected but coolest like combination I could ever expect from a fighting game, you know. So I'm, mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's something I speak, I I definitely speak really highly of, and that's that's World Tour. I'm 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 loving it. I'm not even, I don't know if I'm even halfway done with it yet, but I'm I I'm, I love it. I love it. Yeah, I think there's a difference between like 
the approach that's oh we want to appeal to professional players like competitive players and also casual players so we are going to develop our battle system so that it appeals to both of them right which means that you have compromises on one side you have focuses towards the other and you're kind of like in the middle in a way that's not super satisfying for either of those types of players but i think street fighter 6 with the inclusion of all of its like you know, silly PvP modes, like you're saying, like with the, oh, the bull is a stage hazard. So occasionally you might get randomly hard knockdown <laughs> from something that comes from off screen. Or even, you know, like Ember is saying, the the world tour mode, that's actually like, yes, it's silly. Like it's mad goofy. Like you just punch people on the street and all of a sudden you're like fighting a fucking refrigerator. But those things are also ways of like, teaching lessons about the game like oh okay here's this projectile that you know travels low across the screen let me jump over it and then wait for this like vulnerable time to, to punch this filing cabinet you know while you're being distracted like oh this is so ridiculous like i'm having such a great time um making it so that like oh, okay you're not sacrificing anything in like the quote-unquote integrity of like the system mechanics or like how the actual like competitive game flows but you're getting those casuals in by breaking some of those rules making it simple oh you only start out with like a few drive gauge you only have a little bit of resources to actually worry about you know you only have so many moves mm -hmm. um and then bringing them into the experience wow it feels really fun when i utilize my invulnerable move to get through something that I otherwise, you know, wouldn't be able to escape from my enemy or this boss in world tour mode. And then it's like, oh, you know what? Maybe I do want to try out like the quote unquote actual game. The yeah. Quote unquote competitive game. And even for competitive players, they're like, dude, I'm I'm not trying to try hard eight hours a day, like seven days a week. Sometimes I want to pull up into Avatar Battle where Majin Obama pulls up in the middle of some random battle hub on the Oceania <laughs> servers and goes, AOU. Hey, Street Fighter player uh, 2790, let me get a level check. Oh, <laughs> all right, let's see it. You're gonna you're gonna fight uh Dig Bic uh 420 in the middle here, everybody. Let's let's have a good fight, baby. A fair fight, yeah, baby. So you know it's cool. It's cool that there's a big range of like game modes and experiences for all the players to you know play through. Yeah. And I, and I like that you mentioned that it it sort of are like those game modes, those casual game modes are kind of serving to bring them into quote unquote the actual game, you know, because it's like it, when you think about it, it is kind of like uh, what's it called when it's like you're you're introducing. So is it is it called gate? It, it's not gatekeeping. It's the opposite of gatekeeping. It's like it's a oh, shit, what is the opposite of gatekeeping? Uh, oh, my God. It, uh, it's uh, 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 <laughs> but it's like you're you're introducing them. You're, in, you're basically, it's basically like, yeah, it's basically it's introducing yeah. them. It, it, like, it kind of it kind of it coaxes them. It coaxes them into it, like it's because it, it's like yeah. it's because it's because just jumping into it by itself is overwhelming. Like jumping just yeah. headfirst into like really any fighting game, honestly, and even like as someone who like plays like fighting games, you know, uh, you know, on on a, on a somewhat like middle level, it can be very overwhelming to just jump to another fighting game right away. Which you know, so it's nice to kind of have that there especially you know for the more casual audiences to introduce them to like hey you know you there here's all these concepts you know in these fun little game modes how about you go and try online casual matches maybe try online ranked for a bit or something like that you know see where you place you know um or or do or just do goofy avatar battles i don't know <laughs> but um and and also just the way like the game's designed is just it, it definitely it's it's kind of cool. I feel like they hit a really good nail on the head 
with it because it's just like my big frustration with it was like because i feel like with fighting games over the past few years it's been kind of focused on like being a little too over simplistic like guilty gear strive i feel like has been kind of focused on being a little too over simplistic for the sake of trying to convert more people to the game but i feel like with a game like street fighter 6 you have that simplicity but you also have like the complexity of like the more finer mechanics um so that and, and you also have really really good tutorials to kind of coax people into it you know and i think that's another thing is like their their tutorial they have combo tutorials they have character guides and stuff like that that have been really 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 good um and and all of that has felt has felt great so far um now I, I, and another system I really liked about it was the drive impact system. Um, and I know you said you had some opinions on this ahead of time, Ogre. Um, I what, do. What were, your, what were your thoughts on drive impact? I see a lot of people hate drive impact, but I absolutely love drive impact. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right. Fantastic mechanic. There we go, there we like go. drive impact so much? Uh, it always just like... It, it always makes you pay attention to the screen. You're not allowed to sleep at all, especially whenever you get to the corner, because then if you even just block drive impact, then, you know, you get slumped and then they get a full combo and all that stuff happens. Yeah, but definitely. You need to manage your drive gauge. You need to, you know, always be able to make sure that you're able to react. And uh, mm. that's the thing is not everyone is able to react. I've hit some of the best players I played against. They're just, you're not going to react every single time. And it adds a no. good amount of mental stack as well. Because you could just do stuff like, you know, I'm going to bait throw and then drive impact them. And then it gives me a punish counter. And then you get to just blow them up for all this. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely love that. And if you are fighting someone that's using it too much, then you just react with your own and they can't just abuse it like that. I think yeah. it's a great mechanic. I, I actually agree. Like, I, I think drive impact is great. And I know there was a lot of people, they were complaining, like, oh, Drive Impact, you know. A lot of people were complaining about it. They think, oh, it's too OP or it's too whatever. I, I, I love it, and, and, and kind of the same reasons you state it. And also, it's like, for me, Drive Impact, it's just, it's really, it's, it's like, it's, in some ways, it can be very reactable. Because it's like, you know, mm -hmm. you, can, you can just, you can grab through it, you can do a counter drive impact reversal you can parry it you can jump it like there's there's a million different ways you can react to it i honestly yeah. so it's like it's kind of a high risk high reward move when you think about it but i think it's just so funny like especially like if you if you do like lower ranked matches like these people will will spam drive impact like i noticed like newer players will be super reliant on drive impact like they'll just like they'll just like nope pull push that shit i don't know if it's the strive players doing that and maybe that's the strive blood <laughs> in us that like it don't, don't let people tell you it's just the strive players hitting drive impact <laughs> it is everyone i don't care if you're from french bread i don't care if you're a street fighter player ever since like third strike no 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 you are hitting drive impact for your fucking life if you uh -huh. are like new to the game and you're like oh wow it, it armors through very pop oh it bounces them up against the wall and then i get my you know wall splat combo that's pretty good everyone is mashing that shit uh -huh. don't let them lie to you remember yeah it's like for me like I, I honestly, like, because there was a few people that complained to me 
about drive drive impact and what i will say mm-hmm. is if you want to train against drive impact honestly queue up for casual matches because bruh <laughs> casual matches like you will like you think like if you if you were if you ever played in like bronze or like silver like those people spam it no casual people it's like it's like oh you know you 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 got like you got like a two hit block string on it drive impact oh oh you know you uh are about to do jumping on them drive impact you know it's like it's it's ridiculous how often they mash it and it's just it's in many ways it's it's, i kind of go to casual as a way of like all right i'm gonna i'm gonna train myself on how to react to drive impact because i know they're just gonna mash that shit right so it's like i'll try Mm -hmm. and bait it out you know and like i'll try and like do like a one or two hit block string and then try to expect it and i'll just like slam that shit it's 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 really nice because like i like drive impact in the sense that it keeps it like like honored ogre said it keeps you on your toes like it makes an otherwise slow paced game a lot more fast paced in a sense like in a sense that you can take your turn back very quickly if you uh, you can get your turn taken away from you very quickly if you're not like on top of it 24 7 Mm-hmm. like like I, trust me like when i'm playing against someone like that i i pretty much have my hand always hovering over the drive impact button so that i can react like it's yeah i've never had to do that in a fighting game before and it, and it feels great <laughs> yeah it's like what j2 was saying with drive impact it's like it's frame one you got three hits of armor and all of them are different in the fact that some go further like whenever i was trying out luke blanca's blanca's doesn't go all too far but luke's drive impact goes super far i was yeah. shocked at how far it went but like you can the do that the distances are different make them block it yeah the distances are different wow yeah, same I didn't like know drive that. rush it's it's character specific what you get out of it so yeah i guess that would make sense because it's like i guess if it's the same for everyone it would be kind of like weird and like balancing mm-hmm. wise but but huh, that's that's cool to know. But but no, like I I am I'm definitely I'm definitely a fan of that system. So so mm-hmm. I would say I like going from like Strive to Street Fighter Six. What was like the most jarring thing for you to learn? The most jarring thing. Uh, well, whenever whenever I was first playing Street Fighter Six, I was playing as Ken, and mm-hmm. uh, DP anti airs. They are so difficult to get used to instead of... Because yeah. I play as Chip, and Chip yeah. can just 5p anti-air. <laughs> he can just jab you out of the air and then get a full combo from it. Yeah. Stuff like that. You can't do that in Street Fighter. You need to DP anti-air 90% of the time. And it's extremely difficult to get used to. Even with Blanca, and he has a flash kick. Yeah. Like, it's just really difficult to get used to having to do that. I think that right there is one of the hardest things I had to get used to. Was the anti-airing. Yeah, like the anti-air game's definitely a lot different. Um, Jitsu, anything mm-hmm. anything that, that stood out to you? Okay, anti-airing is definitely part of it. I'm used to having, like, degenerate-ass, like, Goku Black 2H reach the entire fucking, like, top of the screen type anti-air. And then I pull up on Kimberly, it's like, you know, I, I do, I suppose I do have to think a little bit about spacing when I knock someone out of the skies. Um, I think the main thing that I needed to get used to, and I'm still pretty pretty much getting used to right now is like the like feeling of the combo structure of course a lot of people will bring up like oh gatlings versus links um in general yeah just like inputting stuff in in the street fighter type system coming from like primarily anime games so i played like dbz and then i went into strive 
uh played a little bit of idol showdown etc cetera, etc cetera. most of my fighting game experience is anime games so not having my normals like cancel into each other outside of like target combos i was like oh what's going on it it feels so slow like it feels like i'm like playing in mud but it's really just something that you have to get used to there's like a certain there's a different timing aspect to it of course there's still timing in like anime games with manual delays and stuff um but you just have to like shift your brain into like a different mindset like oh i'm not doing like full gatlings of you know slash into heavy slash into like a special cancel every time sometimes you're just doing like you know crouch light kick into crouch light punch a couple times and then like spacing yourself out at this weird situation trying to see what your uh your opponent does when you're slightly minus but a little bit too far out to punish so mm -hmm. yeah um and I'll, I'll say for myself like one of the things that was like a little jarring for me uh going from strive to street fighter 6 is like I noticed the grab range is much longer. And mm. in, in, yeah. man, in many ways, it's to my benefit because I'm like, oh, man, like I'm a lot less scared to use it in Street Fighter 6 because I feel like with Strive, I'm very scared about using the grab button because it's like I'm, I'm sure y'all y'all have had so many times where like you're up at somebody and you're like, all right, I'm going to go for a grab now. There's no way it would whiff. And it, and it still fucking whiffs like that that happens to me all the fucking time with sin and it's just like listen like I'll, I'll i'll try and go for like the dash up and do the grab and it'll whiff and i'm like what the fuck or like they'll crouch or whatever and it's just like man like it's like i feel like you have to get a lot closer in strive to actually get the grab in which i guess kind of makes sense because there's a lot of like strike throw you know uh hijinks going on there a lot of crazy shit mm -hmm. but like um and the block strings are a lot longer, but uh, but it, I honestly that's that's a change that was not just jarring to me, but like kind of like it, it was kind of liberating in the sense of like okay, if I'm like as as long as I'm like close enough that it looks like I can grab them, that grab will fucking connect. Mm hmm. Like that's that's something I I I have been very happy about. And I, and I'll say I'll say this like one thing that 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 I thought was funny like with with this game is like there are so many people that like <laughs> there's so many people who have been like on on Twitter who have been talking who've been talking shit about about Strive moving from Street Fighter 6 and it's and I think it's so funny how some people kind of like act like they they can only just play one fighting game like they're like married to whatever fighting game they play like that's something that's a kind of conversation I see I see an awful lot. What do y'all think about that? Um, I think. Yeah, speaking of married to the fighting game that you play, hey Danny, in the in the chat, who is that waifu that you got spinning around in that gif over there, above that uh, <laughs> above that blue lobster? I'm very curious. We can see the chat. Uh, yeah, we so can. If you we guys have any it. questions for us, you're welcome to to send it over. But I am mm -hmm. I am a little bit curious. But ogre, you were saying? Uh, yeah, I think that I mean obviously you can play as many fighting games as you want and possibly even be successful in them like sonic fox they played every single fucking fighting game ever and they're successful in all the ones that they take serious it's kind of crazy <laughs> and that's like what i'm doing i'm playing strive and street fighter 6 and i'm gonna be playing mortal kombat 1 whenever that releases Ooh. so i'm gonna have to juggle three fighting games because i plan to compete in all of them um and i do still like strive more than street fighter 6 you're able to mm -hmm. just just like what you like and you don't have to just like shit on something yeah 
because yeah. you like something more than the other. Yeah, I always, yeah, I always exactly. thought that was Looking weird. Looking at the Mortal Kombat trailer, I don't think I'm gonna play it, but I, I think it looks cool. Mm -hmm. I'm happy for you know the MK or NRS players that get like a new installment in the series. Hopefully, there's you know a revival of of that scene. Not that it's dead, but you know just like bringing new players in, like getting some hype around it. I'll try it out. Maybe I don't. It doesn't seem like something that's gonna be for me. Um, but I'm always excited to see like adjacent fighting game communities like kind of get their resurgence kind of same thing for like french bread games like uni and uh and melty like type lumina i was like oh i'll try it out and it ended up like not being super for me but i'm still yeah. super happy to like see their community like constantly growing uh you know seeing tournaments continue to be held and and the participant numbers you know go up and up and up especially because type lumina that shit gets like very good dev support i will say there's like so much free dlc the patch cycle is like relatively uh relatively regular so they're getting like constant updates to the game so i'm i'm happy for them i'm cheering them on even though i don't play their game yeah and i'll say this um and i'll say this like uh i would say the only fighting games i'm really into right now are strive and street fighter 6 i haven't really like tried any mm -hmm. others um i guess like honestly like i started out with strive and, and obviously i mean i've played exert and plus r and i love both of those honestly i i love like I, I'm a, I'm the type of person I love like plus R, Exert, and Strive pretty much equally. Like there are there are there, it's kind of like weird, and I'm sure y'all have seen it in the Guilty Gear community. But there's like people who like play like exclusively plus R with shit on Strive. There's people who play exclusively Strive with shit on. Or I actually I don't see that as much, but like or yeah. or or they play Exert and are like oh Strive, you know Strive's a baby game or whatever, you know. Um, <laughs> But honestly, like, I'm the type of person I'm like, man, I love all three of these games. These three, these games are great. Like, I don't know what y'all talking about. All these, all three of these games are great. And um, but yeah, exactly. I they can they can live in harmony like all the elements. You know what I'm saying? Exactly, exactly. And like for me, like I, I it's hard for me to say if I like strive more than Street Fighter Six or if I like or if I like Street Fighter Six more than Strive. They're my love for is pretty equal for them right now because it's like. They both have like their their own strengths and their own weaknesses, and it's like, like if I'm in the mood for something that's like super fast paced and like super balls to the wall crazy, I'll play Strife. If I want to play something that's a little more methodical and slower paced, I'll play Street Fighter Six. You know, um, that's been more or less kind of what my mindset has been with it right now. Um, and um, and and what do you what do y'all think about modern controls? modern controls i tried them out whenever i was picked a luke for the first time because i saw a actually a couple luke players um tokido for like the first week or something oh, he, yeah. played, he played on modern controls and he was very successful with them yeah but he just switched back to classic controls <laughs> and then there's another did you, did you see Soul what why you did I did not. So, so what Waidu did is Waidu set. I, I forget what character he played. I think it might have been Luke. He um he set he set modern controls and he uses his mouse to play modern controls. I think he literally oh, just has I know yeah three buttons. About. Yeah, he uses middle mouse button and a left and right mouse buttons. And literally, I think he said, he said he playing third person shooter in Street Fighter. <laughs> he said he said he re he has reached platinum with it. He has. Yes, he has. He reached So, I am really curious to see like what what kind of crazy shit comes out of this, you know? Because I feel like I feel like there's gonna be some real memeage coming out from from that, 
Or at least we've seen that mm -hmm. so far. I don't know. It's just it's just the craziest shit I've seen with that, at least so far. Yeah, I, I tried modern controls. They just weren't for me. But I mean, I see the upsides that they have. Uh, I, I was actually talking to someone about it. It's, I, I said, mm -hmm. like, it, it, it's it's like you always just have a flash check charge. You, no one's going to be able yep. to jump at you because you just hit one button and then they're out of the air. Yeah, it's crazy. Like the benefits that modern controls have. Yeah. I know that there are some uh, motions that still... I think there's some moves that still need to be charged even in Modern, but I don't know if that's all of them or if there's just, like, certain moves that they still gate behind Modern. I think it's interesting that there's, like... There's people trying to develop, like, the meta of, oh, okay, if I play Luke and Modern Luke is an option, are there certain matchups where, you know, Classic, I would want to be able to cash out on my 100% damage scaling, have the full range of my moves... Uh, versus, okay, are there matchups where it's, like, incredibly important for me to be able to one-button DP in reaction to something that otherwise is very difficult to do, like, a 6-2-3 input on reaction to? Like, for example, like, against E Honda, uh, trying to find counterplay to the headbutt, which I know a lot of people have been struggling with, myself included. Yeah. I know some people are like, yeah, I'm actually just going to counterpick, like, Modern Luke, and then just have that DP available, so at least I have, like, a fighting chance against something that otherwise I, I don't think I'm going to be able to react to. I'm like, oh, okay, so you play Classic Luke normally? They're like, oh, no, I play, like, Jamie or something. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> <laughs> up this whole different character for the one-button DP? They're like, oh, hell yeah, dude, which I think is really funny. Yeah, so. though, though, though I got I to gotta ask, because I remember you mentioned it, um, Jaysu. Like, so yeah. is, is the damage scaling between Modern and Classic actually different? Because I've heard mixed things about it. Some people think it's, like... It depends on what you're doing. I know that they're, uh, they've like tested it. I know certain strings have damage scaling. That's like, I want to say it's a 20% damage reduction. Yeah, and then I want to say like that the auto combo surprisingly does not, which is funny. You would think that that is the part that's scaled. I yeah. forget the specifics of it. So people are welcome to uh, correct us if we're, if we're wrong. I can't find it off the top of my head. So it's like I know some, some, scales, are, some, some are, some are not. not. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I yeah, don't right. know the particulars of it, and and and, and yeah, it's going to be interesting to see like what what kind of meta would develop from that. I, I I just I mean I I I only commentated one Street Fighter Six bracket, and I haven't seen any people using modern controls, but curious to see how that would change. I mean, there there are some people. I think I think the thing that's really funny right now is just seeing all the people who are saying like, oh, modern control players are carried, like people in modern controls are carried. <laughs> You know, like what, like, mm -hmm. I think it's like one or two button SPDs with Zangief, you know, stuff like that, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> and, 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 and like, I, I don't know, like my opinion on it is I think like if someone beats me in modern controls, I mean, listen, that's my fault. You know, I mean, it's like, I, I'm not going right. to attribute that to the modern controls, you know, because at the end of the day, mm -hmm. it's like, because I, I played against a couple, because you know, like an, if you queue in casual, you'll go against a lot of like modern control people. And you'll notice, right, like, right. a lot of, like... Because, again, like you said, it's auto combos. So it's like they use right. the same combo each time. So it's very predictable yeah. what they're going to do and what their strategy is. So if they're that predictable, then you can react. Or at least you can figure out a reaction right. pretty quickly, you know? So it's mm -hmm. like, it's not like if someone picks up modern controls and they're instantly, like, a god at the game... You know, it's like because because there's all these different nuances to it, you know, the nuances of, of, of like neutral and and trying to mix up and, and trying to not be, I guess, predictable. Um, right, right. In, in, in a sense.
And that's kind of that's been kind of my opinion on that. Right. I feel like I have some thoughts on it. Ogre, I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think about modern controls as a whole. Uh, I I think they're cool, especially for mm. um, newer players, because you just go in, you're able, like, you don't have to mess with any motion inputs. It's like, let's right, say Street Fighter right. 6 is your first fighting game. Uh, a motion that's super hard for people, myself included, whenever I first got into fighting games, was the Dragon Punch. Mm. Yeah. It's just, oh, it's yeah. very difficult to do, especially whenever you're trying to get out of, like, blocking and stuff, because mm -hmm. you have to fully commit to holding forward and stuff. But now you can just, you just hold forward and you just hit a button or you hit two buttons to e-exit and then you're out of the pressure or you got your opponent out of the air. I think that it is really cool. Uh, we'll just have to see how it develops. I know that there's some people that are already doing very good with modern controls. Like I said, Tokido, he was doing very good. And there is a player yeah. named Soul VNG who plays Yo. as Ryu and Luke on modern controls and he's like super high on the ranked leaderboards and he's done well in tournaments with modern, modern shoto god that's Let's good go. yeah. that's good so so you'd say it's competitively viable oh it absolutely is yeah cool well mm -hmm. oh, that's 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 awesome i mean what what are your thoughts jaitsu yeah it it definitely depends on the character because you know what changes between modern versus um but versus classic is different character to character. Certain uh, characters lose different tools that are more or less integral to their game plan. So if you miss like a core button that's like extremely useful for your neutral or really important for your confirms, then you're you're kind of shit out of luck. I know, for example, some of the grapplers. Yeah. I want to say when they have their command grabs, all they get is like the H version which is like the lowest range, which mm -hmm. in and of itself is like not a bad thing because you still get like one button SPD. Cool, awesome. Um, but you have a little bit less range uh, or I guess like flexibility on what you want to do in any given moment. Um, but that being said, I feel like, you know, modern, a modern version of a character, you can almost consider it like a different character, right? Where yeah. it's like, oh, okay, you you look at a roster of, you know, Strive or, or Guilty Gear, or sorry, Strive or like Street Fighter Six. Modern Luke is is going to be different. Obviously, does a little bit of dam or a little bit less damage, but has easier accessibility to you know an invincible reversal. For example, like you could think of it the same way as like, oh yeah, you have Soul in Guilty Gear who needs to do you know sixty three for a DP, and then you have Leo who happens to have it on a charge motion, right? So doesn't matter if you get crossed up toward the DP, you uh, do charge down into up, and one could say like, oh that's an easier quote unquote uh invincible reversal that gives you that same function so i feel like i don't know if if you're judging people on like oh you play modern you're carried it's like bro it's like you're playing a different character that happens to have better ease of use in a certain particular situation which you know i'm sure people that like uh are rude or annoying about like modern controls are also the same people who are like oh you play lily you're carried because you play an easy character you play leo oh what a silly funny easy character uh so i feel like for those people like it's it's hard to uh, it's like it's like they're something else to be complaining yeah. about exactly yeah yeah it's like it's but their that's excuse how it goes. i mean it's just like a different character you just consider it like something different there's like trade-offs to it but i think it's cool that there is like a legitimate competitive meta of oh do i want to use modern controls because it'll be easier for me to react in this situation where like you know my main character on a real 63 input pretty difficult to do in time so mm -hmm. yeah yeah and um 
And also, I think uh, this this coming weekend on on the twenty third, we uh, we got a major coming up. Uh, CEO in Orlando are uh, are either of y'all going? That's I true. Uh, CEO, I think, is the one in Daytona, right? And then I think we have CEO Taku. Uh, yeah, in, in September in Orlando. Yeah, it's in yeah, Daytona. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, CEOs okay. in Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I will not be there. Um, you know, best wishes to everyone going. I hope that it is a I've heard it's a fun event. Uh obviously with some stuff going on in the state of Florida. Some uh individuals may need to be a little bit more on their guard than others. So of course, you know, whether you guys are part of that, you know, targeted demographic or you know friends uh that might be a little bit more at risk, you know, highly encourage the buddy system. Look out for the people that you yeah. are headed over to CEO with to make sure that you guys are having a good and safe time. So hopefully you guys are all good for anybody heading over to CEO. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean um are you going on or doker? I will not be going to CEO. The next mm. major I'm going to try to go to is Evo. We'll see if Yo. that happens. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, the only two I oh, have yeah. on my schedule is uh, Defend the North and East Coast Throwdown. Mm. So um, okay, okay. You know, both both around, both near my home turf. You know, um, mm-hmm. in the gotcha. north north northeast, that sort of deal. Um, but I I I did want to talk about CEO though, because I know they they made the decision to stay in Florida, kind of after all. You know the anti-trans uh, bathroom bills passed, and I did want to touch base mm-hmm. on that because I've been very vocal about it. Because you know, because um, there was a lot of people who were really mad at CEO about it, mad at Jabali about it, and and ultimately, like mm-hmm. I I I really do think like Jabali is very like Jabali and his team are like very committed to to making a safe event and having it be as safe mm-hmm. as possible for for people for the for the attendees there and have it be you know that safe space you know even if the state that it's located in is not so safe you know um at the moment you know with with all the legislative battles that are happening right now you know i just Mm -hmm. it's it's one of those situations where it's like it's so easy to like tell an event like yeah you know uh you know the just move it out of just move it out of florida how hard could it be but it's like you don't you don't realize that there's like venue contracts that can sometimes be multi years long because I know I know because I right. I was in the anime convention running scene for a while and it was like that was a common thing where like when you sign a contract with a venue usually it would take like I think like sometimes it's a one year contract sometimes a three or a five year if you're like a bigger event you know and you're doing that annually right um it it it, it all depends and. I, I remember like when I when I made my posts on it, people were saying like, oh, it's a one year contract. And there people saying like, oh, it's a three year, it's a five year. And I'm like, how are y'all know? Y'all ain't working yeah, with exactly. Jabali. How would you like, know? You're not yeah. Jabali. You're not the TL. Yeah, You're not like, the event organizer. Like, unless I see them saying like, yes, we are locked into this specific contract with this venue, which depending on whether or not that venue requires an NDA, I'm not sure if they would like require that. I can't see why they would. Yeah. But, you know, if for whatever reason that's part of it, like, you know, you can't assume the duration of that venue contract unless you're actually part of the people, you know, signing it or, or that are on that event organizing team. So, yeah. And not only that, but like you also have like on top of the venue contract, you also have because I'm I'm guessing there's probably a storage unit that's leased that has like all the like equipment or like game consoles mm. or TVs or whatever. And it's like, oh, mm-hmm. what? Like, okay, so you now not only do you have to break the venue contract, you also have to break the lease contract for the storage unit to move it to another state. 
you know so yeah. it's like it's like okay so it's like how are you gonna do do all that and like come out unscathed and on top of that you also have to refund the registration you have to do all this and that mm-hmm. and then, and then and then ultimately there's also the whole premise of like ceo being you know i think it's called community event orlando or it's like it's community effort orlando yeah, community or something. Effort, orlando, effort, yeah. effort orlando yeah i was i was getting it wrong yep but it's like it's like you know they you know so i i I would totally understand you know them just being committed to the location because that's that's the the scene that they care about and i think ultimately you know at the end of the day i think when you have these sorts of bills being passed it's like very important to stand your ground and be a, a, a bastion for people who are affected you know that that are affected living there you know what i mean like to to kind of stand mm-hmm. your ground there because it's like there are people who do who do live there and cannot move you know who are affected by those bills and you know might not be able to move due to socioeconomic reasons and just having having that there because because it's because ceo is more than just like the the large tournaments for i understand they also do a lot of local events and stuff like that so it's like having that scene there could be very important you know for those people so it's like you know i i I find i find like that whole tank of like oh you know they they should move move out like to be kind of like okay so you're gonna leave all these people behind though you know because it's like not everyone can afford to just up and move where they are you know like it was it was a really it was a really weird take um and 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 it's like in many ways i understand it you know i i understand the anger and i also understand like because in many ways it's like you 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 sit there and you think man florida does not deserve that business you know like the business that ceo brings you know the tax revenue that Mm -hmm. sort of deal but it's just you know i mean it is what it is you know i mean it's like if you can't change it like i'm the type of person i i always prefer to direct my rage i guess at like the systems around it rather than the people who have no choice but to operate within it you know um that's that's just been sort of where where my head has been with it yeah exactly and it's like you mentioned being a bastion for that community despite what's going on uh you know with state legislation and the decisions that that local government or i guess like regional government is making um yeah i think as someone who you know for example is maybe if someone were like new to the FGC or they were thinking from the perspective of the FGC as a whole and they're thinking, oh, CEO is an FGC major. The FGC majors that we have should be in the safest places possible, knowing that there are, you know, LGBT voices in the fighting game community, you know, minorities in the fighting game community. So, oh, why would we continue to have this big event in some place that is like, you know, dangerous in some ways for those kind of demographics? But it's like you were saying, going back to the name of, ceo community effort orlando it's like yes from a you know major perspective and you think of it in terms of like oh well there's ceo and there's evo and there's frosty faustings and they are in quote unquote safer areas for these groups of people um but from the perspective of the florida community in particular yeah if we start moving out you know ceo where is the um you know what do we do to continue catering to that community giving them a space uh where they are accepted and shown that oh, okay this like state legislation 
is not the defining value of, you know, your worth or your, um, you know, your ability to to live as a human being without being judged for your identity. So it's it's a hard place to be if you are the CEO organizers where it's like, yes, I want to provide the safest the safest experience for the people that are coming. But I also want to provide the best experience for the people of Florida or in that area, Daytona, Orlando, et cetera, et cetera. And there's not really a great way to do both, right? You know, no. you can try and be as safe as possible, you know, like hiring security and, and um, having good practices and rules around, you know, inclusion at your event. But if your objective is to bolster the community and be able to assemble that Florida community, then it would make sense that you stay in Florida. And like you're saying, you know, of course, there are um, contractual obligations probably that we don't get to see behind the scenes of that definitely influence it. But from the perspective of the Florida community, it's like it would be cool for them to still have something even when the state itself uh, is actively working against, you know, those rights and that inclusion. So it's a rough spot. Yeah, it's a it's it's absolutely rough spot. And I think really more than ever, what we can do is, is just try and support each other, you know, rather than mm. get mad because the, the event's still there, you know, and they can't move. Yeah. You know, that's, that's kind of ultimately kind of where my head is at it. But um, but do, do you have anything to add to that, Ogre? Uh, I, I understand why people are upset about it. Um, you just want to go to a major and just play games, hit buttons, look at a bunch of mm -hmm. cool stuff and feel safe. But yeah, it's a lot more difficult to just, you know, get up and leave and go put CEO somewhere else. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that's practically just my take on it. Like, I understand why people are upset, but it is a lot more difficult than just, you know, being like, okay, well you guys aren't the safest here so we're just gonna get up and leave i wish it were that easy but it's just it's just not yeah and i think just having mm -hmm. that like established level of understanding is is like you said is just is really important because i feel like when it comes to like issues relating to tournaments and brackets and stuff and you know me, myself and j2 are very familiar with this they're they're i, I don't know if you notice this too j2 but i noticed there's like this weird like type of dynamic where it feels like mm -hmm. you know uh the players in the tournament are it's like it's like the the players in the tournament feel like they're they have to work against the tos like i don't know like what do, what do you think mm. about that like or or uh, not necessarily work against obviously but like, like oh what's up not necessarily mm. work against but like maybe that's not the right word but it's more so like um what's the term it's like it's like i guess maybe that's that's kind of it like in terms of like yeah, the online like, oh we are different entities yeah, yeah we are different entities than the tos and like we're we're players trying to trying to get our grind trying to get the most uh competitive experience possible and there are tos that happen to you know for whatever reason whether it's like uh it's malicious and they're trying to like you know boost up their friends or whatever or even if it's like just negligence like oh these guys aren't doing their job correctly and it's getting in the way of me being a competitive uh, fighting game player. I don't know. I think it depends on, you know, like most things, part of the way that you are judged on your work is both the quality of the work that you do and also the communication that you have 
around it like if you're in an office and you're doing like a great job you're like constantly knocking out deadlines but you never communicate that to the people that are working with you and are on your team they'll constantly you know think that you're behind and just think you're not doing anything and then they will like hold this resentment towards you despite you like doing your best and like otherwise doing a great job purely yeah. be not because like they want to be against you but it's like oh man i'm doing so much work and i'm not hearing them uh communicate that they're doing all this work man why am i why am i working so hard when they're not doing their job too i think it can be similar like both players to tos and tos to players yes absolutely like, oh yeah you know this person didn't give me their their cfn id so it you know held up the bracket because our stream was 10 minutes late because we were waiting for them to say it and then it was yep. like oh did you send that to them did you ping them in this chat did you try and dm them it was like no it was in the rules and i told them they were up on stream so yeah. i was just waiting for them to send it so i could invite them it's like oh i see obviously that's not all tos but i think yeah. it's, it's misunderstandings like that that can drive the not the disparity um but like the divide between players and tos despite both of them having the same goal of oh i want this scene or this event to have the most fun competitive environment for the people that are watching and the people that are playing in it right because that's that's the goal of everybody who shows up to or organizes that event like to have a good time and foster like healthy competition um i don't know i feel like they're i have met tos who are really good at their job but just like frankly do not have great people skills which is unfortunate because yeah. I, I will see people like uh i will see players that like treat them in a way that's like kind of cold or like curt like oh when's my match like can yeah. i can i go blah, blah 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 and because that to happens to you know be a little bit like more it's like socially awkward or even just like curt you yeah. know they the players themselves don't want to afford them that same uh generosity whereas like there are some tos that i know that are a little bit slower maybe a little bit less efficient but because they are so communicative with the people that they work with they're like oh yeah i like this deal like they're they're fun to work with they always like let me know whenever i need to like do something or whatever if there's like delays they'll be sure to tell me like it's it's all good um i don't know the the divide between players and tos depends on the people skills of of both of them because it's also the players right if the player is a, is a real curmudgeon even if they're right it's like hey man you know if you if you have legitimate uh complaints or issues about an event there's a player i'm thinking of but anyway yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> legitimate complaints or, or concerns about an event and then when they ask you to you know give those concerns so that they can improve on it or figure out where where that went wrong and you're like mm, you can ask somebody else like it's not my it's not my job to tell you how to do your job better it's like oh dude we're like reaching out to you to try and be collaborative and improve our events so that hopefully you come back and have a better experience and the same goes for the rest of the players but now you're actively shutting down that line of communication and now we can't improve um because you're like refusing to give us input like for whatever reason or, or on whatever principle um hopefully you know i like to try and be uh an example of like good communication both on like commentary and even when i do to stuff from here and there um i don't know we can we can only do our best to be good examples for the people that happen to see us uh, and sometimes that's what you got to be content with yeah and it's like for me like uh, uh, uh from my perspective something i kind of notice is like kind of like what you said you know it, it is kind of based on mm -hmm. like how good the communication is but it's like, you know, there is absolutely some some players who it's like the second it's like something goes wrong in a bracket, you know, they're on Twitter and they're like, man, this event sucked, man, you shouldn't go to this event. Oh, it's yeah. so bad. And then it's just like, 
but then I noticed this uh, like similar behavior like from 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 TOs where like there are some TOs that kind of have the mindset of like oh you know these these players they're, they're they're not grateful for what we do you know the people they're they're not supporting us you know and it's just kind of like there there is definitely like a there like I guess there is like a sense of like like what's what's it called like there 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 is a little bit yeah entitlement yes yeah a little bit of mm. like entitlement you know behaviors that i notice and and it, and and then and it's just like at the end of the day what people need to realize is that it's like a two-way street like if 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 tos help pro players pro players help tos it's like it all works so much better you know um yeah and and that's something that like always kind of uh it's 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 kind of something I've always adopted, and it's why like I I try to be very communicative with players. I try to be very engaging with people, you know, because I I I do believe in in having that communication and having that two way street exist. Because I feel like you you only get out what you put in, right? You know, so it's like yeah. you know, and and even if you could be like working really really hard on your event. But if you're not communicating it properly or or marketing it right, then then people might not notice it in 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 quite the same way, you know, or or whatever, you know. So, and and at the end of the day, there's yeah, there's always sure. going to be like negative feedback about an event, because it's like if you're going to do anything on the internet, there's like negative feedback with it, right? You know, oh, and yeah. it's just it's just a matter of like how you deal with it, you know. Hmm. But what do, what do right, you ogre, do you have any without naming any names do you have any to horror stories or like best experiences with tos where it was like yeah oh, i was gonna man, say i'm, I'm interested and to then, hear like, ogre. Still save that shit. Ogre, <laughs> ogre from like a player perspective here um... if you can think of an example and can't think of how to take out their name you can also just slyly say oh i, I can't remember anything and just like do the, the little yeah. hair talk behind the ear oh no I, yeah. I can't think of any examples right now yeah i think i have an example of both of those without uh -huh. dropping any names it, okay 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 actually um that was i i mean i could say the, the good experience it was in one of amber's tournaments i believe uh -huh. it, was, it was in one of the monthlies i i played in it and the person that i was supposed to play against was double bracketing oh okay and that was a super big issue in strive a little bit back yeah and the rule was uh, ten, like after 10 minutes you're just you're dq'd you get sent into losers or whatever yeah so like right as 10 minutes dropped i i mentioned a to in the discord i was like yo this person they're not responding to me they're double bracketing yeah. And the TOs were like, all right, we'll send them to losers or like, we'll just DQ them. They're done. That was a super good experience I had. Just the, communica the communication was good. Yeah. All that was fine. There was what the bad experience that I had. I, mm -hmm. I'm never going to forget this. Oh, was, wow. Um, I was playing in a tournament and I was doing super good. Okay. And I beat a very, very, very good player in okay. Strive. 3-2 to, to get into top 8 on winner's side, and I was feeling nice. great. I was like, alright, you know, I'm gonna try and take this one home, and then I had to wait an hour to play my oh. match on stream. So no I was way. just, yeah, like, I was just like, I'm not in the zone anymore. I just had to wait an hour to play the game, so then I lose, and then my loser's top 8 match, I had to wait another hour to play. <laughs> oh, it's actually awful. Oh yeah. my god. It was really bad. That's that's the bad experience. I'm never gonna forget that because I was like, dude, I'm feeling so good. I beat 
so many good players to get into top eight on the winner's side. Yeah. And then that happens. So I'm just not in the zone anymore. And mm -hmm. now I, it's I like you lose your there. momentum. Yeah, because I'm yeah. like, I, I, I just sat there and I just didn't play the game for an hour, which I can understand not playing the game for even like 20 minutes to let like for like a break and to have some stream games on. But not playing for an hour after qualifying for top eight is a little yeah. that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, especially twice, like between mm -hmm. two games, like a top eight should take like two, two and a half hours, like total. Yeah. You having to wait between two sets, a total of two hours is like actually insane. Yeah, it was it was not fun. I was very yeah. upset. I am glad that the uh, the TOs in general seem to have like um, when the double bracketing thing was particularly rampant and became like a, a quote unquote discourse trademark topic on Twitter.com. Yeah. Um, thankfully, I feel like all the TOs kind of like came together. Like me and Ember were definitely a part of this discussion where we were like, all right, this our this tournament was like in the like, center of that dude, and it was awful. It was, yeah, it was awful. Do do you remember? And then we were like, all right, this this shit cannot like happen again because this is like it's cringe when we're like, oh, what do we do? And it's like we are forced to make a decision that's like inevitably going to make one person or another like angry. And it's like, oh, this shouldn't be on us when we are being made to wait like an hour with the rest of the chat, with the commentators, with the TOs and like everybody who's involved. Yeah. And, and like that's like a hundred, you know, generously like that's a hundred viewers plus like 10 people on staff and, and commentary and everything like 110 people times like an hour delay is incredibly ridiculous. So I'm glad that like once it was brought up to the like TOs, the rest of the TOs like in the Discord, they were all like, all right, we got to figure this shit out. Like we have to all at the same time, like unite around the idea that delaying a bracket because you could not commit to one or the other means that you are the one at fault and you are accepting that the TO is, you know, has the right to DQ you immediately if you break those rules and it happens to cause a delay. And we all have to do that at the same time so that the players don't feel entitled in pushing back like, oh, well, this bracket lets me do it. And they work around me every time because I, you know, have this privilege or like I show up all the time, blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it was cool. You know, it was like uh, standardized into like a whole rule set. Everybody had like this this like boilerplate explanation. It's like, OK, if you really cannot think of anything and you're like you know, feeling stressed in the moment, worst case scenario, you can copy paste this from this doc. And here's like the wording that we're deciding because it is respectful to the players and the commentators and the TOs involved. Preferably put it into your own words so you don't sound like a robot when you like read out <laughs> these rules. But yeah. better that you sound robotic and copy paste like AI chatbot for the sake of your players rather than trying to be the nice guy all the time and being like, oh, well, you know, it's only... 15 minutes and then you know yeah. they finally got back to me and said yeah, i'll be there in five it's like and that's like, ridiculous and like yeah, yeah that's absolutely like scenario that's absolutely scenario i can like kind of justify like a player getting mad is like if and i noticed it happened a few times after we established that rule set with a few tournaments where it's like you know they had the rule in and we agreed like it was like the 10 minute mark i think we we it was like a 10 minute mark it was it was standardized we standardized it and, like, there were some tournaments, you know, they had that rule in place, and, you know, they had, you know, yeah. 
like a couple you know a couple like well-known players in their bracket and like one of them was like going like five minutes over and and they still let them i think they still let them in because they're like oh well you know we can make an exception for them and it's just like that and it made everyone else pissed because it's just like listen this person broke the rules they should be beholden to them like I I I don't think it was 15. I was actually I actually think it was 20 minutes. I think it was a little longer than that. But like it's like if people are getting held up, it's like you gotta you gotta enforce those rules, and it's up to the tos to to enforce that. You know, so it's like if a to isn't enforcing a rules out of favoritism, like yeah, that's absolutely something that's worthy of uh being particularly frustrated about. You know, because at that point yeah, exactly. they're not enforcing like you it. trying to be the nice guy. Because not only yeah. are you not enforcing it, but you're not enforcing it equally. You know, so it's like that's something yeah. that's so important is like when you have those rules is to enforce them and and to communicate them, you know, and and it's like, so, I don't know, sometimes we got to be a hard ass. You know, I mean, it's just it is what yeah, it exactly. is. Yeah. You know, it is what it is. That's, that's your job, to be yeah. fair. Like everyone is not out to get you and not trying to put you in that position as much as possible. But like when it comes up, your job is to keep the bracket running in the most efficient way possible while like not being a jerk to anyone for like for no reason but if someone is giving you reason to have to dq them like that's on you that shouldn't be on the players to be like oh at tos they deserve to be dq'd for this like if they bring it up you're supposed to be the one making the call and keeping the bracket going that's just yeah. how it goes yeah but um and, and 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 another thing i wanted to breach into was was commentary so so I, I mean, I guess I guess one thing I'm always curious about, Jitsu, is what's the difference between commentating mm-hmm. offlines versus commentating onlines? Oh, offline versus online. I think uh, one of my first experiences with this, which is really funny, was when I applied for Frosties and they were like, all right, cool, you're on. You get a pools block. I was like, oh, cool. Like, thanks for having me on. Who's my, uh, who am I commentating with? And they were like, uh... all right, cool. Well, schedule's out. It looks like you're going to be commentating with James Chen. I was like... The- you you mean like <laughs> you mean like James Chen James Chen? They're like, yep, he has his full name. There's surprisingly only one in the FGC who goes by that tag, and his name James Chen. I was like, damn. All right, cool. So I was like super nervous going into it, and I was like, oh, I've only ever commentated um, online before, which is like, oh, you pull up into a Discord VC. Um, if you're doing webcam, usually they'll either pull it from Discord or they will uh, a lot of times use Video Ninja, which is yeah. a, you know personally a big a much better solution for any any budding TOs who happen to use Discord like screen cropping because you can just bring it in as a browser source, pull it in. You don't have to have Discord open on a, on another monitor. That's a side tangent, but you know commentating online is a lot easier in a lot of ways because you are in your own setup you're in your own home you get to control your audio you know outside of like you know wi-fi issues i guess um pulling up with your connect oh sorry i should say ethernet issues if y'all are commentating on wi-fi it's not the worst thing in the world but like come on you're playing the fighting game you might as well be wired you should be wired for your commentary too (laughs) anyway outside of like connection issues um most of the stuff is in your control which is pretty cool. Um, But for offline in particular, um, you know, they are providing you with the setup. If you are, you know, not used to the headset or like, oh, there's like one rule of, uh, or I guess there's like one guideline where it's like, oh, you want to have your mic um, on the side of your co-commentator. Why is that, right? Because you're sitting next to each other. If your mic is on the opposite side of your commentator, when you turn to look at them, that mic is going to be obstructing your face. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and something that I didn't realize when I was watching uh, Jadelyn, who is a, a pretty popular uh, fighting game commentator. She does like anime FGC stuff and Strive, et cetera, et cetera. Um, she was doing a commentary review of her own commentary blocks. And she was like, oh, good. I put my mic on the right place. Good, because I, I learned recently that if you put it and it obstructs your face, people who are hard of hearing and there's not like uh, closed captions or like signs on the side, if they rely on reading lips um, when they're hard of hearing to kind of like contextualize what they're what they're hearing, that's very difficult when you obstruct your face. So it's also an accessibility oh, wow. issue. I was like, oh, cool. Like that. Yeah, exactly. That's not something that you think about you think and of off the get you're yeah coming from online commentary like you have your webcam in front of you you're like oh okay let me my, let me put my pop filter right in front of my face because my webcam is off so it doesn't matter what i look like um so there's like a bunch of like offline like small considerations that go into it uh for frosties they were like yeah here's like the interface here's where you hit mute if you need to call for something here is where uh if you press this button it'll only route your audio to production um and then if you need to bring anything up like feel free to to let us know and then you'll you'll be muted to stream um so those are like kind of like the small technicalities i think the biggest difference between online and offline commentary is being in the same room like next to your co-commentator and being able to read their body language as they're speaking which i think is like incredibly important and what really elevates um offline commentary to the heights that it can be yeah discord or like online commentary there is an inevitable delay that increases the farther you are from each other which means that it's harder to um read when one person is starting a thought or like ending their thought or if they just happen to have like a lapse in thinking but they still want to keep going right like they leave that little micro delay and then they keep going and then you try and butt in and then you're like cutting over each other like it's it can be really awkward which definitely still happens in offline commentary but for online in particular even if you have the webcams going there's a delay to that too so it's really difficult to try and manage that body language when you're not seeing it directly like next to you like oh this person is continuing to lean in you know they're they're really going off on on their sentence i should not cut them off because it sounds like they're, you know, they have something to say here. They have like a, a game plan on what they're trying to communicate to the audience right now versus, okay, they, they stopped here. There's like a delay in what they're saying. And now they're leaning back in the chair. This is probably them, you know, tacitly giving me my turn on the mic. Like, oh, maybe I can interject with, you know, filling in with play-by-play. Or, oh, maybe this is some downtime. They don't really know what to say to fill in the time. Let me fill in, you know, player history, what I've been noticing about the uh, player's play styles, where we are in the bracket, et cetera, et cetera. And then I can do the same thing where I'm leaning in, I'm telling story, I'm giving background on, you know, this this random player from Tennessee who loves Testament because he, the scythe, reminds him of, of you know, sowing the crops back on the farm or, or something like that. And I'm leaning in, telling the story. And then when I'm finally done, I lean back or look over to my co-commentator and they know, okay, it is my turn to go. And there's just like a lot less um, of that overlap, especially if you don't know that co-commentator obviously yeah. i had never talked to or met james chen before commentating with him on frosty Faustings. but because we're right next to each other able to read each other's body language it's like oh okay i know when you're passing uh quote unquote like passing the mic, the mic off yeah to me, and when you're trying to continue your thoughts so it's it's cool it's definitely something that um informs your commentary even when you go from offline to online because you can become very cognizant of what you're what information you're missing and i think that kind of like that provides a grounding for your commentary like oh i need to 
end my sentences very clearly so that people know when I'm done talking. Or yeah. if I have my thought that's keep going, like that's continuing to go, we're online, so I just have to keep going and keep going so that they know not to interrupt before I'm like done speaking. And kind of paying that same respect for your co-commentator online like ends up being so much more important. So yeah, and I imagine I imagine you felt a lot of pressure too, right? Like oh doing yeah, one hundred percent. Like going up to it. Oh my god, it was so funny because we were at the mall. Like me, my friend Shino, and then my friend uh, That Scrub David. We were just like eating before. They were like, oh, how are you feeling for your commentary block? I'm like, dude, I'm so nervous. As I'm stuffing down this fucking like mall food court cheesesteak. Yeah. I'm just like scarfing that shit. They're like, yeah, you, you look pretty nervous. You should probably like use the bathroom before we go. I'm like, bro, we got to use the mall bathroom. But thankfully, the mall next to Frosty Faustings. We high rolled the fuck out of it because that bathroom was like pristine. Those were the oh, wow. largest like public mall bathrooms I have ever <laughs> seen. I felt like I was in a mansion while I was taking that shit. I was like, dude, I, my mind is so clear right now. <laughs> and then I got a coffee. I was walking over, freezing my ass off, walking back to the venue. But it's okay. I had my hot cup of joe. I was like, bro, but this I'm... is like the most optimal pre-commentary uh, food outing that could that could possibly happen. I'm chilling. I'm vibing. Yeah, I mean, it's like, that's the thing, like, I, I, I'm i the same way, like, normally, and, and like, any any, any trans-related issues aside, I, I generally, ha I have pretty much always tried to avoid using public bathrooms, like, at all costs, because they're, like, nine times out of ten, they're always gross, they're always nasty, dude, but it's just, like, yeah, they're ass. They're every like once in a while, durable. every once in a while, you, you hop, you hop into that random public restroom, and it's just, like, did I just step into like a mansion? Like what you said, like I've had, I've mm. had that experience probably like twice, which, you know, yeah. it's not much, but it's, 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 it's funky it's that, it happened that it happened to twice. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Like I, I remember where there was one I went into, it had like really tall ceilings and it had a chandelier in it. And I'm like, and I'm like, oh, what, what the, the fuck? It's some bougie shit, you know? And there yeah, was, right? that's uh, so random. Yeah. You know, it was, it was crazy. And it was really fucking clean. But, yeah. um, I don't know, what was the what was the fanciest public restroom you went into? The fancy? I'll be honest, none of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm unfamiliar um, with this fancy uh, uh, public yeah. restroom experience oh, you're yeah. talking about. Do not think I've gone into a fancy public restroom, believe it or not. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Damn, you're missing out. Yeah, One day you'll know. Yeah, one day, one day you'll know. Go, go to enough venues, I'm sure. Um, but, but yeah, it's like it's funny going back to commentary though. I, th I think it's kind of funny in a sense that like, uh, I feel like commentary kind of has its own community problems, in a sense of like, 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 and it was kind of the segue asking with like about the pressure because like, I feel like there are there's like a it's a small subset of people who are like hypercritical about like what people mm. on commentary are saying about the game and like about the characters and stuff. Like I, I, I every once in a while I see a post like of, of someone like quote retweeting like a commentary clip and saying, oh, this person got this wrong. They're a terrible commentator or like, oh, this person, uh, you know, and, 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 and something I hear a lot of is like, there's a lot of people who, who, who like, are are of the mindset of oh if you're if you're not yipes i don't want to listen to you <laughs> mm -hmm. like what what are your opinions on that do you think do you think there's like a lot of like hypercriticalness of like commentators out there mm, i'd be curious to hear uh ogre's thoughts on like commentary in general like 
when you are listening to a stream and you pull up like a, a bracket stream, like whether you're playing in it and you're waiting for your stream match or you just happen to like want something in the background noise. As far as like commentators, what draws you into keeping the sound on versus like, oh, you know, I'm I'm hearing this or this is like the habit of this commentator. I'm immediately going to mute and just watch the, the stream muted. That's a fucking great uh, question. I think a big thing for me, and I see a lot of people on Twitter talk about this, is mm -hmm. make sure your commentators play those games. Yeah. <laughs> because some of them, there was, it, it was some um, major, and yeah. there was someone on, I think, Melty Blood Top 8, and there was like... Oh, no. Yeah, that's the one I was yeah, thinking of. It was like a block sequence that you just could not get out of at all, and that person yeah. was just like, oh, you gotta, you gotta DP out of this, or like, oh, you gotta get out of this Bro, somehow. He was like, oh, you gotta block those, and it was an unblockable yeah, 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 yeah. That's what it was. It was like, you you can't, and he didn't know that, so like, yeah. that's the thing for me, is like, just make sure... The the one for me, especially, is like, mm -hmm. uh, I obviously, I play as Chip and Strive, and whenever I have to play a happy chaos on stream, the commentators are like, oh, well, Chip is fast, so, you know, this matchup probably isn't too bad for Chip. And all the Chip yeah. players are like, this is one of his worst matchups. It's so bad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, you have mobility, but that doesn't mean, like, the process of getting in is any less painful. Mm -hmm. And the process of being wrong during that, you yep. know, you don't have the greatest health in the game, so you're you're gonna explode. Yeah, oh, yeah. Wrong, no matter how fast you are. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but but it was fu it was funny because I remember when that when that tweet blew up, I I I quote retweeted it because 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 it's like I honestly like there, sometimes there's just moments where you just get it wrong because there because it's kind of yeah. like yeah. A, a weird like like when you're a commentator it's kind of like a weird fucked up like improv like a a big like fucked up two hour long improv skit where like you're just kind of mm -hmm. calling calling the shots you're trying to provide insight into what the players are thinking so you kind of have to try to be in the head of not just one player but both players at the same time you know while right. at the same time you want to try and entertain people you don't want to just be like lecturing them it's not like you know you know what i mean like you don't want to be too like i guess what's the what's the term academic about it you know and yeah. and that's something yeah, i exactly. try to do is I, tr I try to be bombastic and i try to like kind of add add some flavor you know to it because because right. i mean i mean usually usually jitsu gets the game knowledge down pretty solid so it's like when me and him are commentating like i'll have jitsu i'm like yeah jitsu's got the game knowledge you know and the insights and i'll just mm. i'll just like scream in the background and people will think it's great you know <laughs> so it's like <laughs> like so i don't know people I think like it there is definitely a balance there um as far as like oh, you know, commentators are expected to know everything. And if they get anything wrong, like, that's that's on them. I think there's there's a range of it, right? For example, like, the clip that we're talking about where it's like, oh, this is an unblockable setup, and the commentator is saying, oh, you got to block those. It, mm -hmm. I feel like the things you have to keep in mind are like, oh, how committed was the uh, commentator in making that incorrect assessment? Like, were they like, oh, yeah, you got to block those, but, you know, it's it's pretty difficult in the heat of the moment. And then, you know, someone in chat is like, oh, it's actually unblockable. Like, you you can't block those. Maybe you can jump it or, like, DP out of it. But, like, blocking is is not the answer there. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. Like, my bad. Like, uh, yeah, yeah, you got to be able to react to that setup. Versus, um, 
oh yeah you you got to be able to block those man you're, you're trying to mash out that's crazy man you just you got to be able to block there and then you got to wait for your turn it's like dude it's it's unblockable you are forced to make an action <laughs> to get out of that situation and you are blat like actively blaming the player for not making the correct action when you yourself on the mic are misinterpreting the situation and also would have gotten hit in that situation um so i think the if the commentator is like understandable or their tone sounds like okay i'm not super familiar with this situation it looks like they got hit overhead or this looks like an unblockable uh but i'm not too sure it's fine to not know everything on commentary but as far as like game knowledge like how much game knowledge does a commentator need to know to be respected or enjoyable on the mic you have to i don't know there's certain things about the game that are definitely good to know and almost like essential. Like if you go into your, you know, commentating your favorite game and across all characters, you're calling all like all things that look like jabs, like punches. Um, yeah. And you like can't pick out particular moves and you're just calling it like, oh, wow, the, the kick from across the screen or like, oh, wow, punching across the sky. Like if you sound like you are not familiar with the game, it's not that the players or the audience is thinking like, oh, they they haven't, you know, passed their academic exam for commentating Guilty Gear Strive. Someone take away their certification. It's like, oh, okay, I want to listen to someone on the mic who enjoys the game as much as I do and is able to explain certain situations or add value. If the person on the mic is describing things in ways that don't add anything or are even like filling up the air with like misinformation, then I can definitely understand why someone would watch it and be like, oh, this is frustrating to watch because it's actively taking away from my experience of what is otherwise like really fun gameplay to watch because, you know, even if they enjoy it, they don't know what they're talking about in particular and they, they don't know how to communicate that to the mic. Um, or, you know, maybe they were just like pulled onto commentary. They're like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't play this game, but like, oh, wow, look at that guy. That guy does so much damage. That's great. He must be broken. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Commentary game knowledge is definitely a, a hard thing to balance as far as like requirements or thresholds, because there's always more to learn about a game, like no matter who you who you are. I think of someone I think of myself as someone who knows system mechanics, interactions and like analytical stuff like relatively well. But I will still hop onto the mic um, with a few commentators like that I can think of. I commentated idol showdown with uh bread at combo breaker i commentated some gorilla gambits with beefy manatee like just to name two people and the wealth of knowledge that those two are able to communicate in their respective games while still being like understandable and concise without like droning on or even becoming like boring like it's it's so second nature to them that i'm like wow i am so gapped in knowledge right now like i have to take the role of the play-by-play -play or the hype or the charismatic like host yeah because if i'm trying to match your energy um and match your analysis and like stumble through trying to like be you it's going to hurt the broadcast where i could just like fill in for what you're you know not focusing on right now maybe you're not focusing on directing the audience through the flow of the show like oh here's this winner's round or hey make sure to check out this matcherino but you are like hyper focusing or doing an amazing job in the analysis it's my job to bring an enjoyable and like well-rounded experience to the audience and if that means like taking it on the chin that i know less about this game than the person i'm sitting next to that's fine you know giving the play-by-play -play and doing the hosting to make sure that we have a well-rounded broadcast and are covering everything that makes 
something enjoyable to listen to i don't know it's like it's definitely a lesson in humility where it's like i will not always be the best at any particular thing on the mic yeah and being able to identify where i can fill in is is always the main thing i think of making enjoyable commentary with someone that you do or don't know so yeah yeah and it's like for me like i, I like going back to what you said like about uh humility i i think it is really important for us to like mm. be able to have that and, and also like be able to like laugh at our mistakes like when they happen yeah because it's like I, I like when that whole clip came out multi-bullet i i quote retweet it with uh my worst commentary mistake which um uh -huh. i remember it was one of the embers brackets <laughs> i i remember it was it was oh my god i think it was a chip versus a gold lewis and uh -huh. they were in the corner and gold lewis was like you know doing the usual uh, guard guard break you know kind of moves and like you yeah, know yeah. And, and it's like i assumed like okay they're gonna get chip damage on on the chip and that's gonna be a lot of damage right mm -hmm. and, and i remember i was right. saying i was like oh my god look at that chip damage gotta watch out for that and, and then like i didn't realize that that chip that the chip was using faultless defense to not take any damage uh, so i was literally saying yep. that and they weren't and, and so like i remember like I think I posted that clip probably like three times because whenever commentator discourse comes up where someone's like, oh, man, uh, commentators are so stupid. I'll just like I'll just be like, mm -hmm. man, you right. And I'll just post that clip and it'll get like 4000 views. It's great. Um, right. <laughs> and I just yeah, think it's hilarious. Just get on the chin. Like, yeah, you yeah. just got to hold that. What, what would you say is your worst, worst commentary mistake, Jitsu? My worst commentary mistake. Yeah, I can think of one. I don't know if this is my worst, but it's the one that comes to mind. Over at Super TSB um, in New York, I was commentating. Um, I think it was Lord Knight versus Hotashi, right? And Hotashi got knocked down. I think it was like an H Kabari knockdown or something. Mm -hmm. um, he decided to DP on Wake Up, right? And then I see, I see LK. He's going in for what I thought was like, uh, what's it called? What was happening that DP would have won there? So I think Hotashi got knocked down. He was going to DP on wake up. I see the instant air dash from instant air dash JH from Lord Knight's bike in. Right. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, okay, instant air dash. And then he lands, bike in parries, and it kills Hotashi. And then in the moment, I was like, yo, that's so crazy. He did IAD parry. That's so insane. What a committal option. But the read just comes up so crazy. Oh, <laughs> what's it called? Lord Knight up one game. And then uh, I didn't have chat open, which if you guys are ever like at an offline, like a particularly large event. So like a regional or a major. Yeah, I, I would recommend probably not having chat open. I think the larger yeah. the event really? goes the uh, easier it is for people to pop in and just like spread negativity. And even if it's not about you, even if it's just about the players that are on the screen, it's easy for that to get into your head. Like, yeah. oh, you know, hey, they're not that bad. And you'll like want to like subconsciously defend them and it'll it'll get in the way of your commentary, right? It'll just be yeah. extra stuff. Um, I do notice that like mind. large tournaments, nice stuff, yeah. yeah, that large tournaments, their chats are like so much more toxic. Like, I don't know what oh, it yeah, is. It gets bad. Because it's like the smaller yeah. tournaments, it's like everyone's like all cool and like they're, you know, people are chatting, yeah. chatting up. But like, I feel like with the larger tournaments, people are, there's just so much vitriol. And it's like, oh, yeah, it, in it some ways, it's bad. kind of funny. Mm -hmm. In other ways, it's just like, man, these people are brutal. <laughs> That's what I'm so, saying. Yeah, but as it so turns out... So were you out, able to see actually, chat in uh, Frosties? 
Uh, I was not able to see chat in Frosties, and I didn't see it for Super TSB. So what happened at Super TSB was Lord Knight actually just like OS parry uh, on the way down. So it's okay. like, oh, if she does the DP, the parry comes out. Otherwise, like it's meaty IEDJH. I had thought that it was like an insane read, and then the rest of the chat, like when I was rewatching that vod, they were like, oh, you you thought that was a read? Like, what are these commentators on, bro? Like, obviously that's an OS. Obviously that's an OS. And in the like. Thinking back on it, I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I did see the JH come out and then I saw Perry. Like, obviously, that's an OS. Like, I saw him put out a move before it. But in the moment, right, I was just thinking, oh, wow, like, what a crazy read. So some of those things actually end up being, like, learning moments where it's like, oh, okay, if someone, you know, does Perry or, like, their own DP on their safe jump, like, that happens to just be an OS. I should look out for that uh, in situations, like, down the line. So I feel like that was that was one that comes to mind. I don't know if that was my worst commentary mistake i feel like my the commentary mistakes i beat myself up about the most are like when i just like lose a train of thought and then i'm just like saying words to like fill the time i can't think of any one situation in particular but in that moment i'll be like oh man i can't wait to just like transition out of this sentence pass it off to my like commentator and just like regain my composure you know what i mean yeah so so um so i'll ask this uh honored ogre um when you're doing like competitive events and stuff, do you do you yeah. ever listen to the commentators like during your games, or do you ever like watch back on the commentary of your own games? Um, I actually go and watch back almost all of the stuff <laughs> after I'm on a stream match. Mm -hmm. Um, I never have it up whenever I'm in the game, obviously, because I want to be focused. But like, right. The the night at Frosty Faustings, uh, whenever I won my pool, it was on stream, and just like the second I got back to my Airbnb, I pulled up the VOD and went to my match. Like I want, I wanted to see what the commentators were saying. Yeah, yeah. And I I didn't just go to the mainstream either because like obviously the watch parties were happening, so I went to Say Jam stream and I saw what he was saying, and he oh, had yeah. Romola with him there too. So I was like, I get to see all these people, see what they think about my gameplay, see yeah, what yeah. the chats are saying about the stuff. So I I actually go and look back at all that stuff like almost every single time after a stream match. Now, do you do you find that it's usually insightful? And do you do you have like moments where it's, where you're just simply just like no, that's wrong, or all oh, these people are so wrong? Like like do you have any like real standout moments like that when you're watching uh, it? I've back? had some. <laughs> I've had some like that because um, you know, like again, bring up the happy chaos matchup. You know, some some commentators will be like, "Oh, this isn't going to be too bad for Honored Ogre because he's playing his chippers, his Happy Chaos." And I'm like, "Okay, that's annoying." <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, and seeing some like seeing some commentators get stuff like wrong, I just kind of like I, I it's it's obviously just like it's nothing like too great or like it's nothing horrible to mess up, obviously. Yeah. But what happened at Frosty Faustings is I won my pool with a um, cross-up super setup. Oh, <laughs> and, God. Yeah, I did that, and everyone in the chat and even the commentators were confused. They were just like, bro, he just meatied with Zanze Roga. Why did, like, what what just happened? How, like, why did that mm. work? <laughs> yeah. Like, everyone was just, like, lost on it. They were like, yeah, what yeah, is everyone this honored was, ogre the, fella cooking right now? Yeah, the, the person that knew was Sajam because the second Sajam oh, really? saw that yeah he was like oh, he wins it with the cross up super yeah, yeah. Sajam knew but the, like there were so many like question marks and stuff in the chat and just like 
uh, I believe it was it was Saint Cola. He was also just extremely confused. He was like, he meted with super, and it worked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, do you do you yeah. find that it's, it's hard when you haven't seen the setup before? Yeah, but, you know, yeah, it's funny. It yeah. can lead to funny moments for sure. Yeah, this, is that something that happens a lot? Where like where like you just do something that's just so fucked up, and like people are just like, what? Yeah, I do have some, like, secret stuff with Chip that people don't do often, and then I do it, and people are just like, what is going on? Like, did that cross up? Was it same side? Was that an overhead? Like, I, I have moments like that, and that, but, like, I've never had really anything, like, un like annoying or bad whenever yeah. someone just, like, messes up commentary or something, and I, have I haven't had people be toxic in the chat about my gameplay and stuff either, so. Oh, really? Nice. Even mm -hmm. in Frosties? Wow. I mean, yeah, Frosty, I mean, it's like, like I it. hate your play, actually. <laughs> yeah, it's I'm, terrible. I'm purely going to shit on your chip yeah, gameplay. Exactly. I'm going to come into your stream and disparage your ninja ways. Okay, I see, I see. All the overheaters who spell the overheaters. You can't think of an example where people are like, man, this this honored ogre fella can't stand his gameplay, man. Yeah. Okay, cool. Glad to hear it. Yeah, no, that's 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 all good. So, I mean, like, going, going back to competitive stuff, because... Um, Gotta got want to give uh, Honor Ogre the spotlight here. What's what's like? What does your training regimen look like? Like in terms of fighting my, games. My training regimen. Uh, well, I try to stream at least two hours a day, almost every single day, because I have the ability to do that. Obviously, some people aren't gonna be able to do that. Yeah. I think what Diaphone said whenever um, Street Fighter Six came out, it was like maybe the third day or something. Diaphone. He was like, I work a full-time job. I'm obviously not going to be able to play this game all the time. Yeah. So he thinks that a good way to practice is just play an hour a day. After you get home, after you wind down, just play an hour a day. As you do that, you'll maybe learn stuff. You'll be able to work on things. I think that's a good idea. Um, and obviously, everyone learns at a different pace. I, I actually, like, I surpassed my expectations in Street Fighter Six because... I made tweets about it, talked about it. I was like, yo, when Master, releases, yeah. I'm going to be so bad at this game. I was like, I'm going <laughs> to be hard stuck in, like, bronze or silver. But now, I mean, I got to Masters in, like, a week and a half. I'm like, whoa, maybe, like, I mean, like, how'd I do that? <laughs> yeah. Um, But, yeah, you got to also just pace yourself. You don't want to burn yourself out. If you just burn yourself out, you're not going to want to play the game at all, which mm. is not good. And... You need to not be too hard on yourself whenever you're learning a new game or just new things in general. Because I already see people making tweets. They're like, yo, I'm done with SF6. I'm yep, so bad I've seen at it. this game, man. I've seen it. It's so hard. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, the game's been out for like, it's been out for like two and a half weeks. You gotta just, you gotta give it time. And I mean, I, I haven't had that moment this morning. Like, I lost like five games in a row and ranked. I was like, man, maybe this game isn't for me. Yeah, so I just that's took, always I terrible. I just took a yeah. break. Yeah, I, I just took a break, took an hour to think. I was like, no, no. I was just in a bad mindset right there you gotta brush yourself off you gotta not take the losses too hard yeah, yeah. it's like the meme like never trust yourself after going uh after losing a net play bracket yeah yeah <laughs> yeah and, and and um but it's like is there anything specific you do with like in terms of like do you do you have a process where like you go to trading mode you look at frame data you hop into a certain type of game mode like what 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 Are you what's... a vod review enjoyer yeah raw vod, VOD reviews. reviews yeah with uh with street fighter 6 it is the training mode is amazing <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, so uh, that that is something that I do after a situation where either I win or lose to like just a random interaction that I have never had before. I'm just like, yo, was I was I plus there? Was I minus? And they just didn't know. I don't know. So like, I just go and lab it, and then I'd be able to see. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm plus two, or like I'm minus three. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'll do that, and I try to just do basic stuff that I know in training mode before I hop online. That's so good. I'll make sure to do that. Yeah, and whenever I was also just like really like the getting into Street Fighter Six for the first time, I was like, okay, I gotta see what my fastest buttons are, what specials do what. You gotta get yourself used to everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's about it, really. That's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Jaitsu, what's yours? That's a loaded question, Ember. I have the I have mm-hmm. the commentator OS. Yeah, do you do you pull up do you pull oh, up Evernote? I don't even play this game. I don't even play this game. Oh, so I uh funny story, I'm not I'm now a notion hoe. Oh I've yeah, notion you the notion team. Yes, I, I use notion. Look I at us, we're we're organized homies. Enjoyer. Yeah. We I got think, our shit uh, together. Evernote Evernote is still cool. It's good for input. You know, it's very easy to just like put a note in Evernote. But I will say it is like similarly easy to make a note in notion if not easier and also the formatting is a lot more intuitive i think the linking between different notes uh is a lot easier also like from a this is such a weird thing to say like cat like a casual note taking perspective you can like add an icon and add a cover to like any note and i think that's like that is incredibly motivating as someone who like thinks a lot of notes are ugly and you have to put in a lot of work just having like an emoji for a specific like VOD review like note is pretty good. Like just putting a red circle next to VOD review yep. and then putting the the cover of Bridget or like, you know, I'm like, bro, I already feel inspired to continue looking at my awful ass gameplay. Let's go. But um, as far as like when I'm trying to actively improve or like learn a game, um, I think learning it, a lot of it is just like playing and then like watching um watching high-level players who happen to play that same character to see, you know, what moves am I neglecting to use? What moves um, am I using too much that maybe, like, aren't as uh, viable, maybe, in, like, high-level play? Like, maybe I'm just trying to go for, like, scrub killer moves. And then also just, like, how they interact uh, against problem matchups that I'm, like, running into. Like, oh, you know, I'm having trouble with Marissa. Let me go find uh, Kimberly versus Marissa VODs to get get some inspiration on how they go about that matchup. Uh, and then also like VOD reviewing is, is also really good. Even if you're not looking through all of your VODs, cause it's like, if you play an hour and then have to VOD review an hour, I can imagine that would take a lot out of you. But even if you just like watch like three games and then go, oh, okay, what am I, um, what are some bad habits that I'm not realizing when I'm playing the game that I can note down as, oh, you know, I keep drive impacting here to try and like anti-air or, or something like that, um, that you can write down and try and address like, you know as you're commuting to work or just like think about, Oh, what can I replace this bad habit with? Um, even keeping it in the back of your mind while watching, for example, those high level gameplays and just taking inspiration from a lot of places. So watch what you do, obviously play the game and then watch what high level people do repeat that process. And I feel like, you know, you're, you're in a good spot to keep learning. Mm-hmm. Awesome. No, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty thorough. I mean, let me let me tell you let me tell you about the Ember training regimen. And honestly, this is okay, it's really it. it's really simple, but it's like it's simple but also kind of like psychotic. But it, it works very well okay. for me. 
So like for me, and and this is this is kind of how I like got involved as involved with Newhead as I have because of of the matchmaking mm. part of the server. Because for me, what okay. really worked is just like, all right, you know, find a player who's just really fucking strong, right? Just find the strongest fucking yeah. player you can find. And I really liked ma the matchmaking here because it's like it's basically kind of like celestial floor, but like you don't have to like go through all the bullshit to get into celestial. So I'm like, all right, right, right. you know, I can just like matchmake in here and not only do a first to three, but I could do like a first to like 50 even. And so basically what I would do is I would do a first to 50 against like a really, really, really strong player. And listen, the first mm. 20 sets, I'm tilted. I'm fuming. I'm pissed uh -huh. the fuck off. But there's something, there's something that happens like in the, in my brain, like after like maybe anywhere, any, anywhere between like set 20 to 25, where like, I'm no longer angry anymore. And I'm just like in this, like, I can only describe it as almost like a meditative trance where it's like, I'm, you I'm not enlightenment. It's like, it's fucked up, but it like, it actually really works. Like I'll, I'll get myself huh. so tilted and so angry. Like these, these I'll get my ass whooped like the first 20, 25 sets. And then it's just like, I'm in this right. like trance where I'm just like, you know, what? I'm just chilling. Like, it's like, it's like you go mm. through the stages of like anger and then it's just like, you're, you're just, it's just done. The, the seven stages of grief. Yeah. And it's just better at the video. And game. you just, and you just, when you're, and when you're done with it and you, and you accept it and you're like, all right, you know, and you're just going uh -huh. through it. And it's like a meditative experience in the sense that I'm just like, all right, you know, I'm going through the motions, but I'm also now starting to pick up things. I'm starting to notice patterns. Mm. I'm starting to develop a strategy and it's just like, like my mind just becomes very, very clear. Like after right. like set 25, set 30. And it's just like, and I mm -hmm. learned so, so, so much. Like it's, it's insane. Like I, I can learn how to deal with the matchup so, so much better. If I can just like, if I find someone, I'm like, yo, you know, we sit, sit down, sit down for like, you know, an hour, hour and a half. We're doing, we're doing a first of 50. Mm -hmm. You know, do, doing long right. sets. And, and that's what I always did here, you know, and, and, and that's how I got as involved with the new head community as I have was just through the matchmaking portions because that's exactly what I would do, you know. And, and maybe, you know, I'm, I'm not as thorough as, like, say, you know, looking, looking at the boss. I mean, I guess another thing that has really helped me is actually just doing commentary, you know, because, yeah, you know, there's, there's my replay reviews, which does help. But, like, it's, there's something about commentary and, like, trying to get in the heads of not just one player but both players of what they're doing and having that sense of understanding right. and developing that sense of understanding that actually seems to translate into gameplay so it's like yeah being yeah. so it's almost like replay review in a much more engaging way because it's just like when you're just looking mm -hmm. at your own replay you know you're kind of more so focused on like kind of what the other player is doing but also kind of what you're doing as well but like when you're yeah. looking at two completely different people and trying to analyze what they're doing, why they're doing it and what way they're doing it. And then you also have that added element of having an audience and trying to be entertaining for them. It's just a lot more engaging for me. And it's because of that, that I feel like I actually learn stuff as I commentate. So it's like, I'm learning about the game, commentating yeah. it. I'll run these super long sets and come up with counterplays, you know, and, um, 
and really that's that's kind of my two primary you know methods you know obviously you know there's going into training mode practicing combos and, and getting that that shit down right but like you know mm -hmm. like the basics but like those are my two like really strong training methods that have really worked for me and it's like it's it's it sounds like chaotic and psychotic in a weird way but it, like it works really well for me yeah i think there's something to be said of like when you mention that it's like, oh, man, the first like 10, 20 games I'm tilted and then, you know, I'm down like, you know, uh, 18 to or like 15, five. I think when you reach that uh, quote unquote, like Zen enlightenment, like the deep left in Zen master type shit. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is just like my yeah. assumption. What I'm guessing is that like when the set count is like close then it feels like there is this subconscious pressure to perform or keep that set count. Like, oh, man, I'm down five. Now I have to make up five in a row. Oh, man, that's pressure. Oh, man, I'm down 10. You know, I, I really have to try my ass off. When you're yeah. down, like, 15 or 20 games in, like, a first uh, 50, your brain, like, has realized, oh, okay, I am not fighting to uh, win the first of 50, and I'm not fighting to even, like, keep the score even. I uh i am trying to learn from this set and like get one game i'm trying to get like two games how do i get one game here or even like one round so i can start working towards you know okay 18 2 18 3 etc etc when it's so far like behind you're just like oh okay i'm not forcing myself to try and catch up and like perform in the moment let me just learn from these interactions and then because you don't have that pressure and because you're actively you know, problem solving without the the feeling of, oh, man, if I mess up and get hit here, then I'm wrong and I'm bad and I'm like doing something wrong. Yeah. It's like, oh, OK, I was wrong. This is now data that I can take. OK, mashing, you know, 2K or like 2P here is is not the way. Now I'm getting counter hit. Let me wait for that situation to come up again so I can test out another answer and see what happens. And that's something that is a lot easier to swallow when you're already down like 15, 20 games. There's there's no pressure to perform. You're literally just trying to get better at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's def that's probably definitely a piece of it for me. Um but but no, it's just like it's not uh, like like I would see like y'all like have these very thorough methods, but it's like for me it's just like yeah, I'm going to hit my head against the wall and then like I achieve en enlightenment. <laughs> You you are you know, also a psycho. I yeah. I feel like we should say this. <laughs> you are also insane. That being said, it's it's insane appreciative. Yeah. Insane affectionate. Yeah. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Um but uh but I would, I would say honestly, you know, we're we we're about almost 2 hours here. We've been we kind of have been uh been on a tangent here. I think this is a good place to wrap it up for tonight. Now, obviously, um for anyone listening, obviously this is going to be on, you know, Spotify and we're going to, you know, have it on YouTube. We might syndicate it in other places. Um, you know, uh I'll just, you know, briefly talk about what this, this show is about. You know, obviously we have the New Head FGC uh, podcast, you know, me, Honored Ogre, and Jaitsu here. Just talking all things esports FGC, you know, just get together, you know, once every two weeks and just kind of talk about what's on our minds, you know, nothing nothing too crazy, you know. Um, we will be having, you know, we are planning to have guests on as well, you know, mainly, you know, other other people in the fighting game community, you know, whether it be competitive players tos um you know commentators you know content creators youtubers you know anywhere anyone in between you know so we you know we will be having guests on as well um so yeah i mean that's that's really about all i have to say uh for now and uh 
thanks for listening. Um, what any any uh, any sound offs y'all want to have before we close for tonight? After you, ogre. Uh, you ever want to catch me, talk to me about really anything fighting game related? Stream on Twitch almost every single day. Honored ogre, drop me a follow. Just say what's up. I'd appreciate it, but you don't have to. I still love you. Yeah, I, I basically, and I and I lurk in Ogre's streams a lot and occasionally type something to talk shit. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's good vibes. It's good vibes. And I do, and I, and I do like Ogre's energy on stream. I think you would be a really good commentator. I still stand by that. Um, Jitsu? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it would be sick to see Ogre on commentary. I am also a commentator. So if you want to catch up with me, Ember, or Ogre in between our podcast episodes, you can catch us over on Twitter.com. Ember is Ember Talks TTV. Honored Ogre is Honored Ogre. Very easy to remember, just the words next to each other. And I'm Jaytsu underscore J-A-Y-T-S-U underscore over there on Twitter. So hopefully we get to see you guys soon, talk soon, and uh, we'll see you guys for the next episode. All right. Yeah, it sounds good. Sounds about a good point to uh, to end this. So uh, with that being said, I'm going to close the stage. So uh, catch y'all later.